It's good to be here this morning. Um, and I have to qualify that because uh, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't categorize myself as a preacher. And so uh, when Stephen asked me to speak, uh, I was, I'd been looking in the scripture and, and had been looking uh, about the life of Joshua. And uh, the first thing that you see when you hear or read about Joshua was God's charge to him to be courageous. And so he said, bring some words of encouragement to the church family. And, uh, and uh, I started not to be courageous. <laughs> but the word of God instructed me, so I am courageously speaking the word of God. I do expect that you'll be blessed by the word of God. And uh, the things that I want to talk about today, I, I, I usually, when I'm, I'm preparing, I think, hey, I got to say something new, something revolutionary, new, brand new, right off the press, something they've never heard. But you know, the word of God, the word of God doesn't have to be new and improved every time you hear it for it to be beneficial to you. And so in that, in that respect, I'm going to rely very heavily upon uh, the Word of God. And I want to speak along the, uh, uh, the, the subject ad area of God's promises to us and what that means. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day and for your blessings to us. And we thank you for your Word. We know that it will never return to you void. So, Lord, as we look at your word, Lord, and discuss your word, Lord, accomplish your purposes. Be glorified in the, rece the receiving of the word, the doing of the word, not just the hearing, but the doing of the word, so that your kingdom is advanced, that your people are encouraged, and you are glorified. We submit this time to you, and we throw ourselves on you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, you know, in the scriptures, God has given us very rich and wonderful promises. And uh, a lot of times when you talk about it, you talk about that very generally. But I want to say a few little specific things so that those promises, as wonderful as they are, will have relevance and application in our own lives. Um, I had a kind of visual picture. Whenever I have visual pictures, I think of Jim Schmidt because uh, uh, he, he always sees things and is able to bring truth to us uh, uh, based upon some kind of visual. And so, uh, I, hey, I'm, I'm joining the crowd, Jim. Uh, but, but the visual image that I had is that if the Lord promised me a whole state, he said, I'll give you Missouri. You can have Missouri. From all the way from the western end to the eastern end, the north, the whole state of Missouri belongs to you. You could do whatever you want to with it. You could give it away to people. You could farm on it. You could build factories. You could do anything you want. It's yours. 
And uh, my response would be, I'm very grateful, uh, but I live in Maryland Heights, so I'm just gonna go and I have uh, about a quarter of an acre of land there, and I'm gonna enjoy that and, and be very happy with it. You say, hey, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous, you got the whole state. If you're not gonna do anything with it, you could at least contribute it to other people, let them do something with it. Let, let good things happen from this wonderful benefit that's available to you. Well, you know, the promises of God are just like that. They are available to us, they are huge and wonderful and, and can accomplish. There's no limit to the accomplishment that actually receiving and living in the truth and doing the promises of God are for his people. And, and so I want to encourage us not to just think of the promises of God as some kind of uh, wonderful things in the scriptures, but what do they mean to me and the sphere of my involvement? Do they help me to live in the full fullness of what God has for me? Or do, or do I relegate myself to this little small corner that this is just my little area, you know, uh, God promised me that if I believe on him, I have salvation. That's wonderful now. But his promises are even broader than that. And so I want to encourage us to take hold of the promises of God because that's the advance of his kingdom as his people, as his church, as this church family takes hold of his promises, then we are able to accomplish his purposes in our area. Um, I was looking at some of the uh, 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 big stories in the, in the scriptures and you know, uh, you know Abraham, one of the things that I uh, realized as I was looking at this is that when God gives promises, he asks very little for you in exchange for what he does. I've never seen a promise that God made where he said, I'll give you this much, but you gotta do this much for me. If you think about grace, if you think about anything that God has given, he asks very little from us. He gives us eternal life just for believing in him, repenting and believing in him. And we get eternal life. We get forgiveness from sin just from accepting the truth. The tr we don't even have to make the truth. The truth is already existing in Jesus Christ of his coming and giving his life, paying, paying the price for our sins. And all we have to do is repent and believe. And we have eternal life. Now, I'm just starting to talk about the benefits of that promise. Eternal life is one, one, certainly a wonderful aspect of it, but think of the many blessings that are attendant to receiving the gift of God through the grace of God. So as I was looking at that, I was thinking about some of the, the uh, characters, particularly in the Old Testament, because they are such vivid stories of how people interact with God and how God has made promises. And I was thinking about Abraham. Um, the little thing that God asked of Abraham is, 
look, I just want you to leave this little place that you live in. I'm going to tell you where, where to go. I want you to leave there and go where I'll tell you to go. Now, in exchange for that, according to this promise, God said, your descendants will be blessed and you'll be a blessing across the earth. The earth. You know? He also said that I'll bless your friends and anybody that curses you, I'll curse. And in addition to that, he said, you're going to become a great nation. This is just Abraham, Sarah, Lot, just these little, if you do what I say, leave and go where I tell you to go, I'll make of you a great nation. Wow, what a wopsided promise. I mean, when you think about it, you know, just leave and do what I say do, and I'm going to bless you. You'll be able to bless the world. You'll become a great nation, and I'll give you a land of your own so that you can be at rest. What a promise, you know? And I'd like to suggest that the promises of God to us are just as one-sided. If you do just repent, believe the gospel, walk in obedience with him, and we can start talking about the blessings, uh, the, the benefits, the, the, the wonderful riches that God heaps upon us in carrying out his portion of this agreement or covenant that we call his promise. Moses had a similar situation. Uh, Moses uh, was confronted by God in the burning bush, and he said, uh, just do what I say do. I want you to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. That's all I want you to do. Uh, he's, you don't have to get an army together. You don't have to fight a war. Uh, all you have to do is go and deliver this word to Pharaoh. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to deliver your people from Egypt. I'm going to rescue them from slavery. Uh, I'm going to destroy the Egyptian armies. This is, God, this is God's part of the whole thing. God's going to do all of this. I'm going to plunder the Egyptians. And I'm going to do signs and wonders. All you have to do is go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. So you can kind of see that the, the promises of God, when they are given, they are much more vast than what he asks of us to do to receive them. And when you think about grace, uh, we, we, we define grace as unmerited favor. In other words, we don't even deserve the, 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 the wonderful blessings that we get as God carries out faithfully uh, his promises. And then I was reading in Joshua, and uh, uh, he said, look, I want you just to lead uh, the people. Moses is dead, and he's brought us to this, but I'm going to take you into the promised land. And God said, I'll be with you. I won't leave you or forsake you. You cause this, these people to inherit the land. Uh, you take them into Canaan. Uh, you defeat all of the enemies there. I'll do, I'll do the fighting, but just lead the people and I'll provide the way. Uh, how one-sided was that in terms of 
what he was asked to do. He said, just be courageous. Just do what I say do, and I'll do all of these other things. So in terms of the promises of God, we find out that they are <clears throat> very one-sided in terms of what is asked of us to receive those promises and how vast and how rich and how unlimited the blessing uh, of his promises. And so um, I have, now those are scriptural examples and those examples give us a kind of visual, a visual so we can kind of see how God does and think, ah, oh, I ought to make that application on my own life. But I want to get even a little bit more specific than that because God's promises are to his people, to us. And you say, well, you know, there's no real Egypt in my life for me to go and tell Pharaoh or there's no, uh, uh, you know, God didn't tell me to leave Maryland Heights and just, just, just wander, you know. So, but he has, he has promises for me. He has a purpose for me. So what is that? And how can I find myself doing that little small amount that he asked of me in exchange for the wonderful promises that he has? And so some of the scriptures that I looked up uh, as I was uh, uh, anticipating talking about this, some of the promises that he's made to us is... Uh, in Acts 2.39, as a matter of fact, I'm going to read a little bit of that. Uh, in Acts 2.39, it says, For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So in terms of who, oh, and maybe I ought to go back and tell you what this promise is. <clears throat> Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, for your children, and for those who are far off, and anyone whom the Lord calls. I would like to submit that it's hard to define anybody who is not a recipient of that promise, that that promise is not directed toward. You mean, you know, maybe he was talking about those people he was preaching to. Well, consider yourself one of those people that were far off. <laughs> or consider yourself one of the people that God has called. So this promises to you that the gift of the Holy Spirit now, I wouldn't even try to put a boundary around how vast and how wonderful having the Holy Spirit. But the gift of the Holy Spirit is the presence of God with us. Now, can you imagine anything greater than that? To have the presence of the Creator God, the, the, all that we can all good that we can think of, this God has promised to be with us. He, he, it's his promise to us. 
One of the other promises uh, that, um, well, I had a whole list of them. Um, I just want to, well, the promises uh, for um, the, the, the Lord says in, uh, about this Holy Spirit that he's promised, he said, all you have to do is ask, seek, and knock. You know, now, uh, a lot of times uh, I know that in my own uh, background uh, when I was coming up, I used to go to a church that uh, kind of uh, had some theology that, man, it's really tough to get the Holy Spirit of God with you. You know, you got to, oh my, I, I wouldn't even tell you how, how much work you got to do before hopefully, maybe, you'd get the Holy Spirit. But the scriptures make it very simple. In Luke 11.9, he says, Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Seek, and you shall find. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. To everyone who asks, they receive. To everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. This is part of the promise. And the promise goes on to say, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the Father want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and seek for it? The presence of God, the, 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 the empowerment of God, the wisdom of God, the love of God, the strength of God, the direction of God, all of that is resident in the Holy Spirit that he has promised to give us. Um, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. Um, we have a promise of eternal life uh, in 1 John 2.25. And that scripture reads, and this is the promise that he made us, eternal life. But let's go before that and say, in verse 24, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. This is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. The Lord has promised us eternal life. Now, he's promised us his spirit. He's promised us eternal life. Um, and I'm going to just read a few of these blessings because I, don't, I, I, I want to finish up in a reasonable t part of time here. He's promised us adoption into his family. We have that in Romans 9, 8. He's promised us heirship. We are fellow heirs. We are brought into his family. We made a member, we've been made a member of his body. That's in Ephesians 3, 6. He's promised us a crown of life if we are steadfast under trial and we love God. In James 1, 12, 
we're promised a crown of life. So there are great promises that, that, that God, and, 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 and I just gave you a half of a sample of some of the things. I have quite a list here, but uh, I, I'm, I don't think that I'm gonna go into all of the list here. But I wanna say some things about God in terms of his faithfulness to carry out his promise. A, a, a lot of us have an impression that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that God's promise will be fulfilled, and maybe it will. And uh, I'm not sure for for, but God is faithful to carry out the promises that He made. Um, in Psalms 105:42, the Scripture says He remembers His holy promise that God, the, the psalmist was making reference to God, that he does remember every promise that he made. Think of the promises that he made uh, uh, very early on to Abraham, and it took generations, generations, and generations. But every bit of that promise, he fulfilled. One of the wonderful things about his promises is that, uh, his faithfulness, is that even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. That we have our own shortcomings and sometimes we don't feel worthy. Uh, we don't, we're not inclined to want to ask, seek, and knock. Because we say, you know, the accuser of the brother, the, in, the, the enemy will bring things for which you've been forgiven years ago. God forgave you and washed you. The enemy will bring them back to you and say, you can't ask God for for, to, to, to fulfill this promise, because you remember back in so many years back, you know, do understand that the fulfillment of the promises of God in our lives is not just based, is not based upon our faithfulness. It's based upon his faithfulness. That's what the scripture in 2 Timothy 2.13 says. If we are faithful, if we are faithless, the Lord remains faithful. In Hebrews 10.23, the scripture says, For he who has promised is faithful. Whenever he makes a promise, he will carry out that promise. And uh, there were just a couple of other scriptures that just acknowledge the faithfulness of God. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, he talks about the faithful God who carries out his promise to a thousand generations. In other words, sometimes we're a little impatient and we think, well, I asked God for this and I thought I knocked maybe one time uh, and um, maybe I was seeking and it hasn't come yet. God keeps his promise to a thousand generations. There are many of the stories in the scriptures in which people live their whole life trusting on the promise of God. And they didn't even see the fulfillment, but God still fulfills the promise. All right. The final scripture that I have here is Psalms 119.90. The, the 90th verse says, your faithfulness endures to all generations. So the faithfulness of God continues to, to, to endure uh, whether, or not, whether or not 
we are faithful, he remains faithful. Um, one of the, and I want to kind of bring this uh, to a conclusion here, but one of the promises of the scripture that uh, some of us uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, we look at it and don't really take it as a promise. The scriptures tell us to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou will be saved and thy household. And some of us have members of our families who are not walking with the Lord. It kind of grieves us and we think, uh, well, at least I believe on him and he saved me. That's like living in this little small part of the state when he gave you the whole state. But he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, in that instance where uh, Peter was preaching to the people, they believed and they were received by the Lord. They were saved and they got baptized there and their whole family. Now, a lot of times because our family didn't accept the Lord at the same time, that doesn't make the promise any more valid. But if we receive that as a promise, we will begin to trust God for those members of our family that it's in our heart to see them walk with the Lord. You know? And if we take this as a promise of God, remember God is faithful. I have a, a, a little testimony uh, kind of about that. Uh, I had a brother that, uh, he wasn't walking with the Lord. I'll just summarize it like that. And uh, it got to the point where I had just said, you know, the Lord's not interested in him. I prayed for him, done all the things, practical things that you can to, to share the gospel with him. Um, and it looks like the more that you tried in and of yourself, the farther that he seemed to drift from the Lord. But you know, the Lord remembers his promise even when we are faithless. And I confess, I basically had just kind of said, well, he's a lost cause. You know, I did all I can. As far as Jerry is concerned, I scratched him off the list. But the Lord is faithful at any respect. And he saved and brought my brother to him, saved his life, turned it around. And now he's, he's just a testimony to God's faithfulness. And I want to encourage us that understand that the promises of God are for us to take hold of. They are not just, well, the, certainly the promises of God, we give him glory and he's glorified in, in carrying out those promises, but we should be best blessed and benefited as we receive the, the benefits of his promise. So let's begin to uh, trust God because we are the people of God. Most of these promises that we were listing, they were directed and aimed at the people of God to accomplish the purposes of God. So as we see ourselves as the people of God in the church of God to accomplish his purposes, let's take hold of his promises and make sure that, that his promises are fulfilled in us. Listen. God is so faithful to carry out his promises 
that if he doesn't carry them out in us, he will find others that he will carry them out in. And wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be terrible if he had promises that he wanted to fulfill in us and we said, ah, oh, well, I'll live in my little, I'll live in my little quarter acre community instead of benefit from the promises of God. So let's, let us be encouraged that the promises of God are vast, they are a blessing, they bring glory to God, and they accomplish his purposes. And we as the people of God are encouraged in the scriptures to ask, to seek, and to knock that those promises would be fulfilled in us. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you've made rich and wonderful promises for your people. And we acknowledge that we are your people, Father. So help us to take hold of your promises, Lord, so that your purposes will be fulfilled in our lifetime and in the situations that we find ourselves in today. Lord, that we'd have answers from you, Lord, for situations that we confront today, Lord, so that you'd be glorified. We submit to you, Lord, and we realize that your promises are, are much, much greater than what you ask of us to do in terms of just obey and, and be in faith, Lord. Accomplish your purposes in us, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.